So before I start, I want to clarify something. This episode isn't about selling myself to you. If you've had a discovery call with me, you can vouch for the fact that I really don't sell. We have a genuine conversation about the kind of support that would best suit you and sometimes that doesn't include working with me. Instead, today is about helping you choose the right support for your business to help you scratch under the surface of great marketing and to really understand what you need. In short, I want you to avoid making expensive mistakes by choosing the wrong support, like I did. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha, and I'm so pleased you're here. As an education business owner myself and a former teacher, I understand the nuances that only apply to us. So in this podcast, I share fluff-free, tailored and actionable ideas that you can mould to suit your needs. If you'd like to take this conversation further, please do reach out. I would love to meet you. And finally, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review. That way, you'll be helping me help more people. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy. I don't know about you, but in the past, I have found it so hard to choose which option to go for when I'm looking for business support. I've invested in programs that were definitely not right for me. And while that's quite annoying, it actually taught me a lot about what to look for because I definitely fell for the excellent marketing. So right now, I'm a member of a business membership. It's my second one, actually, because by trying different things, I've learned that memberships that I can dip in and out of work much better for me than courses. But I want to help you avoid this expensive learning curve and try and get it right from day one. A big lesson that I've learned, though, is that I have to take intentional actions to get results from whatever I choose. And I'm starting here because before I dive into my list of things to look for, we often put a lot of expectation on the course, the coach, the mentor, essentially the training provider, to deliver the outcomes they've promised. And of course, that is important, but you're not actually going to get anywhere unless you make intentional space in your diary and in your mind to absorb and action what you're learning. I know that sounds really obvious, but when you look at the statistic that only around 5% of people finish courses, you realise just how easy it is to prioritise other things over learning and actioning. That's why we've made a really big change in the Tutor's Mastermind. We've replaced our second monthly training session with an implementation hour. We jump on Zoom, we go on mute and we action what we have learnt with the opportunity to ask questions and ask for opinions. So I'm starting there because to really get a return on your investment, you need to be ready to commit. So let's dive into the four areas that I think we need to pay attention to when we're deciding what kind of support to invest in or who to invest in. The first question I think is useful to ask yourself is whether you need a one-size-fits-all approach or something tailored. So an example of where a structured one-size-fits-all process could solve a problem for you is if you want a system for your content creation. There are, of course, lots of ways to do it, but taking a course or working with someone who shows a fixed approach can help you just pick one method and master it. But that fixed style of teaching and learning doesn't work for situations like wanting to come up with a social media strategy or a marketing strategy or ways to grow and scale your business. That doesn't mean that group coaching formats or self-paced courses don't work for those kinds of outcomes, but it is important that the style of how it's delivered lends itself to allowing you to shape those strategies to fit your needs. I'll give you an example. Let's say you really want to sort out your marketing. And you're advised through a course or some coaching that you need a Facebook group and you need email marketing. 
These are musts. And even if you add to these, you have to have these. But you quickly learn that nurturing a Facebook group is a lot of work and you're struggling to sustain it. You might have been advised to post certain types of content at a specific frequency, but you're finding that it's not working. Now, in that situation, I would want to be working with someone who has the knowledge and experience to reroute me. There's no point in having a Facebook group if I can't sustain it. So could there be a different way for me to attract clients? Maybe I'm getting nothing from email marketing. So can we zoom in and work out what needs to change? The point is you need to decide whether a fixed approach would work for you or if you need to be supported in a way that allows you to tailor what you're doing. And that leads me to my second tip, which is to look at how much experience someone has and what that experience is made up of. All the experienced business people I know who also support others teach in a way that allows people to mould what they're learning to suit them. That's even with self-paced courses and group coaching. They teach in a way that guides people through the steps to create something tailored to them. So if you want a tailored approach, it doesn't only have to happen through one-to-one sessions and you can have the flexibility if you work with someone who's experienced. But when someone is inexperienced, they only know how they have done it. So that's what they teach. And unfortunately, you just can't fast forward experience. It takes time. For instance, when I think about my first three years as a tutor, the quality of support that I could have given others would have been weak. Because although three years sounds like a long time, business development isn't rapid. Navigating tough problems isn't fast. And often in both cases, it takes a few iterations to get right. And you learn things from each of those iterations. For example, right now, I am moving on to probably my second big system change because I've outgrown the systems that I use and have often been talking to you about. I am using now my third software for my websites. I might even use a fourth. So I've learned this over the years because I've tried it. I've tried it for a length of time and I've seen that it hasn't worked quite so well for my needs. And so that means I can advise clients about that as well. But there's no way I would have gone through those iterations in my first three years. So now I'm in a much better position to help other businesses because I've run my own business since 2004. And right now in 2023, my tuition business is six years old. I've launched group classes and after two years of running them, I've completely changed them. That experience allows me to give business owners who want to launch group programs different options instead of one way to do it. And when I work with tutors or education business owners, I understand the overall market so much better because I've worked in it for so long. As much as I would have loved to, there is no way I could have done all that learning and experimenting in my first three years. But having said that, we never know everything. In six years time, I'll know even more. So when you're looking at experience, you need to follow your intuition and decide whether whoever you're choosing has got enough experience to help you. And experience doesn't just mean number of years. What do they have experience in? A lot of what I teach applies to most business owners, regardless of their niche. But I choose to specifically work with education business owners because I know the industry from different angles. I've been a teacher. I've delivered business training to trusts. I'm a tutor. So I could welcome people from different niches, but then it would mean having to generalise my training instead of paying attention to the nuances of our industry. Yes, a lot of what I talk about could apply to a photography business, but their niche have their own nuances and I would not be able to cater to that. So for me, experience is a huge factor and I'll tell you why. 
Ages ago, I fell for some really clever marketing from someone who was an ex-teacher and was showing tutors how to set up their own group programmes. But I soon realised that they had been a teacher for less than a year. And my red flag was when they were guiding us through creating course content in a way that, as a teacher, I knew wouldn't work. They were helping tuition business owners, but they had never, not for one day, been a tutor. And again, my red flag was when they had zero understanding of our market. They didn't know anything about safeguarding when we were asking questions. It was a really expensive mistake to make. So now I dig deep into how much experience someone has and what they have experience in. And this leads me nicely to my next tip. Do your due diligence. Now, this really helps with all the things I've talked about so far, because I've told you what to look for, but I haven't told you how to find it. Before I invest in someone to support me, I sign up to some of their freebies. And when I do this, I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for whether their advice actually helps me solve a problem. If it doesn't, then how can I trust that they can solve my problem when I pay? I also look for whether the way they deliver their advice resonates with me. You know what it's like. Three people could tell you to do something and you're resistant. But then the fourth person tells you to do the same thing in a slightly different way and it just clicks. So these freebies can help you see whether they promote a fixed way of doing things or if they have the experience and style to help you tailor what you want to do. And when I'm doing this due diligence through freebies like downloads or podcasts or whatever it might be, I like to have the confidence that there's a good reason for them telling me what they're telling me. For instance, I saw a reel the other day on Instagram and they advised people to use third-party websites to give people links. You know the part on your bio where you provide a link? They suggested using a third-party website. Now, they didn't really explain why, they just said that's what they do. But let's think about it. If I gave you a link to check out what I offer, I essentially want you to go to my website. So why would I add a middleman between you and my website? Surely I could just create a page on my website with links and direct you there. Now, when I started on Instagram, I did use a third party website because other people were and I saw that advice. And then when I saw my website hit drop, I thought about it and realised what the problem was. So when you're doing your due diligence in the form of freebies or YouTube channels or podcasts, ask yourself whether that freebie actually got you closer to a solution, whether the way the advice is delivered motivates you and if there's substance behind the advice that's being given. And my fourth tip is one that's a bit layered. On the one hand, I think we should look for evidence that someone has achieved the goal you want to go for. But on the other hand, I don't think we should only choose coaches who have achieved what we want to achieve. I'll explain because this one is completely context-based. I teach my clients how to get their clients on social media and I even focus on specific platforms like Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. But if you go to my Instagram, let's say, I'm not an influencer. I don't have thousands and thousands of followers. I don't get thousands of likes on each piece of content. So if you want that kind of status, I am not the person to help you. I am not an Instagram specialist. However, I can show evidence of just how many clients I've met through Instagram marketing. Do you see that subtle difference? You have to be crystal clear on what you want and whether that aligns with the social proof that someone you're considering working with has. I wouldn't create a course, for instance, on Instagram marketing as a whole, but I would create one for education business owners who want to attract clients on there. So let's say I wanted to learn how to be more visible and I found someone who might be teaching it. But then when I explore, they're not actually that visible themselves. They're really inconsistent. I wouldn't go to them because I want to get sucked into someone's world without even realising it. Because if that happens, I know they can teach me how to do the same. 
So on the one hand, I would look for evidence of someone achieving what I want to achieve or at least achieving what they're promising to teach you. But on the other hand, if they haven't achieved it, that doesn't mean they can't help. And this is where context kicks in. Things like attracting clients on social media or boosting visibility has a very tangible and visible outcome that you can, you can check out. But not every business challenge is quite as tangible as those. And in those situations, I think it's important to see whether the person you're thinking of investing in has transferable skills. For example, I'm currently working with a client who wants to sell to schools. I've never sold to schools, but I have done B2B selling and coupled with my understanding of the market and training I've taken, I can help her. Would I position myself as a specialist in selling to schools? Absolutely not. But I can help someone even though I haven't done it. I work with Karen Gibb, who was on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I'm helping her with the different parts relating to her franchise. I have never franchised and I wouldn't offer to help someone setting a franchise up but I can help with the areas outside of the legal and structural aspects. So this one is tough. And because context is everything, doing your due diligence is really crucial. When I was talking about due diligence earlier, I mentioned things like freebies, but I would also check out someone's website and their about me page. I would also try and make sure that I speak to them. Now, I know that's not always possible. Not everyone offers things like a discovery call. And in the absence of that, I would just do the due diligence that I've already spoken about. But if it is an option, then I would try and speak to them. And in a discovery call, I would be looking for clues or evidence of all the things that I've mentioned. Now, even with this checklist, we're not always going to get it right. And sometimes we simply outgrow courses and mentors and coaches because they took us to where we wanted to be and now we're there, we need a different kind of support. Also, if you don't get the results that you want despite doing the work, it might not be because the coach or the course is weak. It might just be that they weren't a good fit for you. So I hope this episode helps you avoid being in that position. As always, thank you so much for listening and you'll hear from me on Wednesday. Would you like to take this discussion further? Perhaps you have some questions or you'd like more ideas on tailoring your business. If so, book a free discovery call through the link in the show notes.